Hello, and welcome to the House of Legends, where you can hear world myths and legends told by a professional storyteller. I'm your host, Daniel Allison, and this is episode 55, The Salmon of Wisdom. This episode is the third in our Finn McCool miniseries to celebrate the launch of my new book, Finn and the Fianna. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, go back and take a listen to them before you listen to this one, or it won't make so much sense. If you're wondering when Finn and the Fianna will be out, the best thing to do is follow me on Instagram, at House of Legends Podcast, or on Facebook, House of Legends by Daniel Allison, to get up-to-the-minute news. So in the previous episodes in the series, we heard the first few stories in the Finn cycle. We heard of Finn's birth, we heard of how he's raised in the woods by two women, a hunter and a druid. And now Finn has left the woods and he stepped out onto the road to seek his destiny. They parted ways. Those women were wise enough to know that Finn had stepped onto the path of destiny. So they sent him on his way, with their blessing and with two pieces of advice. One, never to go by the name of Finn, son of Cool. Two, to seek out Finnegas, the poet, who dwelt on the banks of the Boyne. Finn made his way across the country. He hunted for his supper, slept upon leaves, and avoided places where people dwelt. He went south, north, east and west, and when his heart grew lonely, he would stop at a campfire, taking his fill of news and good cheer, before slipping away into the night. Always, he asked which way lay the River Boyne. One day, he reached its banks. He had been told that Finnegas dwelt by a pool, far upriver, so upriver Finn went, on and on, by sun and moon, shivers of anticipation rattling him, as open fields gave way to thick forest, and the river grew narrower, faster, fiercer. One night, as the moon poured its light upon the silvery forest, Finn reached a pool. He was tired and hungry, for since reaching the river, he had neither eaten nor slept, but his tiredness and hunger were forgotten, as he gazed at the scene before him. The pool was still, so still that the stars shone, mirrored, upon its silent surface. Rushes crowded around its edges, leaning in as if to catch some hidden murmur. Nine hazelnut trees surrounded the pool, their branches in a tangled embrace. At first, Finn didn't see him. He sat as still as a being of stone. His gnarled, weather-beaten hands rested on his lap, among the folds of his mossy cloak, his white beard snaked down to dangle over the edge of the water. Finnegas, said Finn. The old poet 
did not move. He simply went on staring into the pool. Safin looked too, but saw nothing except black water and stars. A hazelnut fell into the pool. Do you know what these trees are, boy? asked Finnegas. They're hazel trees, answered Finn. They are hazel trees, and from them grow the nuts of wisdom. Those nuts fall into the pool, as you have seen. What happens to them? They are eaten by the salmon of wisdom. For more years than you have lived, I have sat here, awaiting the day when I will catch the fish, cook him, eat him, and finally possess all knowledge. I am Demne. I will help you, said Finn. Finnegas looked the lad over. He must have liked the look of Finn, for he said, Very well, go and make a fire. Cook something for our supper, and make a bed for yourself. Finn did as he was bidden. He made a fire, he made something for their supper, and when that was done, he made a bed of leaves and lay down. There at the salmon's pool, he remained. Autumn came, and still Finn remained. Winter came, and spring and summer, and Finn did not left Finnegas. Finn took care of the hunting, the cooking, the mending of clothes, and all the other things that needed done. Finnegas was pleased, for this left him free to get on with his fishing. Finnegas would fish all day, and sometimes all night. On some moonlit evenings, he would go to the pool without his fishing rod. Finn followed him one time. He saw the salmon's head rise from the pool as Finnegas approached the water. Finnegas weighed into the shallows, and the two adversaries circled one another their heads moving in slow, artful patterns. It seemed to Finn to be a dance of war and a dance of friendship. When he wasn't fishing, Finnegas would talk with Finn. Finn asked Finnegas why he wanted all knowledge, and Finnegas replied that he wanted it for the sake of poetry, and poetry alone. There is no higher art than the weaving of words. Years passed, but for the changing weather, every day was like the last. Then, one cold, windy day in autumn, Finnegas caught the salmon. Finn had risen early. He went out to hunt and returned with the rabbit. He put wood on the fire. He walked down to the pool and there, Finnegas stood on the bank, his rod clasped in his hands. His eyes were bulging, his chest heaving, and on the end of his rod, the salmon of wisdom was thrashing. It was so big that it might have eaten Finnegas, pulled him underwater, or knocked him senseless with a slap of its tail. Finn feared for his mentor. Should he help? Stay back, lad. This is between the two of us. Finn watched as the fish bucked and pulled. Finnegas held on, giving no ground. He was like an oak, ancient, rooted, immovable. Eventually, the salmon's thrashing slowed. It merely flopped, and then ceased even that. Finnegas pulled it in.
As he did so, for just a moment, the fish looked at Finn before its eyes went still. Finn helped Finnegas lift the salmon onto the bank, laying it down on a bed of rushes. The old man cried. He reached down and stroked its scales. Boy, he said, I am tired. I will need you to cook the fish for me. So Finn dragged the great salmon to their nearby camp. He built up the fire and made a great spit upon which the fish would turn. When that was done, and with some difficulty, he put the fish upon the spit and sat there, turning the spit, listening to the crackle of the salmon's sizzling flesh and sobbing of Finnegas, who still sat by the pool. The day passed. Finn turned the spit. Slowly the salmon cooked. He stared into its lifeless eyes and wondered if Finnegas would miss his adversary, his muse, his friend. The flesh of the salmon was giving off a sweet smell. It was almost cooked. Finn realised he too was mourning the ancient fish. The sun was setting in a shower of gold. The salmon was sizzling and smelling ever more sweet. A bubble of liquid formed upon its flesh. It grew and grew and burst. Boiling liquid flew from the bubble and a drop of the liquid landed on Finn's thumb. Finn put his thumb into his mouth to cool it, touching his thumb to his tooth. He froze. He realised what he'd done. And he realised more than that. Much, much more. In that moment, like a tidal wave that covers the land and tears apart everything in its path, all knowledge was revealed to Finn. He heard the muttering of the trees and the songs of the stars. He felt the beating wings of every bird in the sky. The great beasts of the seabed gazed into his eyes. Sunfire burned in his blood. He knew every mind's desire, every heart's secret. He witnessed the birth and death of gods. Finn took his finger from his mouth. He was back in the forest. He was Finn again. Should he tell Finnegas about this? Best not. Finnegas might be angry that he tasted the salmon. It was an accident after all. No need to mention it. So Finn walked the short distance from their camp to the pool. For Finnegas rose, turned, looked at him and frowned. His frown became a dark stare. You have tasted the salmon, said Finnegas. Yes, said Finn. Finnegas smiled. Of course you have, he said. For the salmon was always meant for you, Finn, son of Cool. Finn was stunned. But, but what will I do with this knowledge? he asked. That is up to you, said Finnegas. Though I'd ask that you give at least some of yourself to the making of poetry. What will you do? There is nothing more for me to do, said Finnegas. 
Goodbye, Finn. And with that, the old poet turned and walked away into the forest. Finn left the camp the next morning, shouldering his pack and walking through the forest before the light came. He walked until he reached the edge of a lake, and there he sat and spoke to the dawn. The sun is singing the world awake. I, Finn, am the sun. The moon has turned her back to the world. I am the darkness that swallows her. I am the serpents beneath the world, jeweled cities within their coils. I am the man who first met death a thousand lifetimes ago. The earth beneath his feet I am, the cold breath upon his lips, and the rolling of thunder, the beating of drums in starlit halls where the she-folk dance. The king of floods dreams me in his hall, the mother of battles fed me to her crows. I shall sit by this lake until the end of all worlds, and when all else is gone, I shall remain. After speaking these words, Finn sat a while longer. Then he rose and headed east towards Tara to find Gaul McMorna and claim his inheritance. So that was the story of the Salmon of Wisdom. If you're a fan of Celtic legends already, you may have noticed how closely it resembles the story of Taliesin from Welsh mythology, another wonderful story which we'll hear at some point on this podcast. It also reminds me of Cullach and Olwen, and again from Welsh mythology, in which the most ancient and precious knowledge can only be gained by asking the animals. I've got one more story planned for this series. Next week, we'll hear the story of Samhain at Tara, in which Finn finally confronts Gaul McMorna. It's an incredible story. So that's all for this week. If you're enjoying the podcast, please support it by sharing it on social media. If you'd like to tell stories yourself, you can join my coaching groups, or you can sign up for news about The Roundhouse, my online storytelling school, which is launching in January. I'll speak a bit more about that on the next episode. You can follow me on Instagram, at House of Legends Podcast, where I often do live storytelling and readings, and you can find my books by searching for Daniel Allison on Amazon. If you'd like something to read while you wait for Finn and the Fianna to come out, my novel The Shattering Sea, the first part of the Orkney cycle, is now available as a free download from both Amazon and Kobo. If you enjoy it, please review it. You'll find links for all of the above in the show notes. Thanks for listening. See you next time.